0: I'm a composer, obviously, Um, I'm also, uh, I work as a investigative reporter with Kate News out here in Wichita, Um, and I am additionally studying to be a funeral director, so I have tons of hats that I'm wearing, and I'm busy all the time, but I enjoy it.
1: Welcome to the All the Hats We Wear podcast. I believe that if we want to be joyful, productive, and fulfilled, we have to first identify all the hats we wear, the roles we play. You're meant to do great things, and this podcast will teach you the skills you need to start doing them. I love talking about creativity and productivity, life purpose, inspiration, and many other areas of self-development. My name is Scott Snow, and I'm your productivity coach and the host of the show. We have a fascinating guest on the show today that's sure to give you some innovative insights on how to unleash your own creativity. Amy Webb is a native of Washburn, Maine, and resides in Wichita, Kansas. She has been an active educator, clarinetist, pianist, and conductor for more than 20 years. She received a Bachelor of Music degree in music education from the University of Maine in 1996, and a master's degree in instrumental conducting from the American Band College at Southern Oregon University in 2006. As a composer and arranger, she has a number of concert band works to her credit, including commissions, and enjoys writing band music for all grade levels. Amy, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Now, the audience would love to get to know you a bit. Would you tell us some of the different hats that you wear?
0: I'm a composer, obviously. Um, I'm also, uh, I work as a investigative reporter with Kate News out here in Wichita. Um, And I am additionally studying to be a funeral director. So I have tons of hats that I'm wearing and I'm busy all the time, but I enjoy it.
1: That's fascinating. Sheesh. I wonder, you know, it seems like being a musician and a composer is kind of uh, at the core of what you do. Maybe I'm wrong, but... So, how does being a musician and a composer how how does that affect your your hats as being you know a future funeral director and also an investigative reporter?
0: Well, for me, largely, um, I just absolutely love music. Obviously, I did teach for twenty two years in the public schools. Um, I've always had an interest in music. I've always liked composing, but really. You know, as as a kid, wasn't really sure how to do it, how to set it up, other than the bass clef and your treble clef, and you know, learned those skills in a college class, and uh, enjoyed it, and thought I would do it as a hobby. Um, I ended up being picked up by a few publishers, and now it's more than a hobby for me. But what it really does is it allows me to decompress and be a little bit less stressful when I come home after a long day of investigating. Or even even studying for the funeral service, it gives me a little bit of an outlet for any emotion that I might have. Maybe it was a really tough day at work. maybe you know we had a five car accident and there was a deceased and it just it just gives me a chance to to vent that out a little bit.
1: Do you have like go to compositions that you go to, or is it like you say dependent upon the the day that you had?
0: um well um d- do you mean like uh, different composers that I listen to or
1: like when you go to music after your day to you know to recharge or whatever you need does it is it a different set of types of music is it your own music you listen to or
0: <laughs> well um actually I like to listen to anything that's I listen to all sorts of genres of music um you know, I'm 49 years old, and I and I will listen to rap. I will listen to country. I'll listen to pop. Just just about anything. Um, right now, I really like um, anime. Actually, anime has some really really nice uh, pieces in it of the beginnings of the show and and uh, during the show. I love those. Um, anything with a really good beat, especially if the day has been upbeat, if the day has been kind of sad um usually more of the classical stuff or just you know it's, it's slow stuff just to kind of bring my heart rate down and take a minute and breathe
1: can you think of any of the anime uh, composers or shows that you really like
0: i'm not 100 percent familiar with all of the composers because with the with the anime um depending on the season they may have two or three different songs they use for a beginning uh my favorite anime um right now that I I enjoy listening to the music from would be uh, Death Note, Hunter x Hunter, Cowboy Bebop, um, uh, Demon Slayer, a a lot of really, really good ones. And honestly, I think it's a genre that needs to be explored a little more. I know that a lot of young people, you know, your middle school kids, your high school age kids, a lot of them gravitate towards um, those types of shows lately. And I think there's something for people that are composing music for band, especially, really need to take a look at the different quarter progressions that they use. Sometimes, um, like in the Western music, you expect the chords to go, you know, a five is going to go to a one or maybe a six. And it doesn't always work that way in anime. And I just think it's a genre people really need to take a look at and and try to uh, write towards that because it will get kids more excited, I think. Mm -hmm. about playing instead of just playing a long boring whole note especially if you're a tuba player (laughs)
1: yeah do you think your compositional style you know uh is influenced or does sound similar to uh, the anime
0: not all of my pieces but I think some of them do um I have a piece called Achievement Unlocked uh which came out last year and it was actually uh based on playing video games and and um you know, some video games, you'll do different side quests or whatever, and you'll unlock different achievements that you have. Maybe you pick up a new wand or a new spell you can use or something, but there'll be a little a, a little sign that will say achievement unlocked. You've won this award of some kind. Mm. And I based it on that. Um, I also have some of the chordal progressions that I will use. I picked up from the different anime. Uh, for example, you may have a a quarter note, bum, 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 you know, in in your lower parts, and then you'll have uh, chords above that that don't necessarily have that note in there, there's that dissonance, and I see that a lot of times in the anime music, so.
1: Mm. I was just reminding of an anime uh, composer with the movie, It Follows, it's kind of oh. a, a scary movie that, the, I guess, the composer who did the movie, that was his background, is, and it's a really interesting uh, soundtrack.
0: Oh yeah, I mean there's some there's some beautiful stuff, and honestly, um, I don't think everybody knows this, or may, maybe some of the young people know. But for example, Hunter X Hunter actually has a symphonic suite that's been played by I believe it's a symphony in Thailand that's just beautiful. Death Note has actually spawned a musical. And they have a concept album, actually, that came out a few years ago where you can hear the English versions of some of these songs, and it really is incredible.
1: Mm. Now, I'd like to focus, I, I'm really fascinated with how you, um, like you were saying, with the Achievement Unlocked, how you engage the listen. I mean, the, the players, those kids, and get their imagination going by whatever's happening in the music related to your idea of the story of the composition. So how do you um you know how how would you represent? I don't want to get too in detail with the music part, but how do you go about representing something that uh, is like having a, a next level in a video game within the music?
0: Well, um, just using achievement unlocked uh, as an example, uh, a lot of times the games will start out very it's very linear at first. Um, And then it it builds like every achievement that you get is going to build to something else that you're going to be able to do something harder and harder and harder and finally you're playing the final boss. So in my music I like to start out with just a couple of well, this piece anyway, I like to start out with a couple of instruments playing at first and then they build it so that you get all of the instruments in together, and then uh, using different chords, um, you know, with Instead of just using your plain one four five six, I like to try to find more interesting chords, some minor chords, or ninths, or even 13ths sometimes, um, if the band is up to it, and put that all together to kind of add to the, add to the drama and the, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not chaos exactly, but just like like the climax of the piece. And I try really, really hard to make sure every instrument has something interesting to play. I can't begin to tell you the number of times as a child and as a teenager, you would play band pieces and your low brass was gonna be sitting on a whole note throughout that whole song. And we wonder sometimes why we lose our low brass. Right. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we don't give them anything interesting. And so I try very hard. To make sure that each instrument has something, some little melody line somewhere that gives them a chance to shine a little bit, and so far it's brought me success, and hopefully that will that will keep going.
1: Or probably similarly with the percussionists, right?
0: Yes, you've got to from <laughs> you've got to give percussionists something to do. If you don't, they're shoving sticks up their nose. I mean, <laughs> they're,
1: they're
0: they're balancing their books on the timpani, which drove me nuts as a teacher. Um, I like to write, uh, at least my percussion lines. I like to anticipate needing, um, almost needing less. Like if you've got a band of six, I'm going to write for seven just to make sure that there's something to cover. So even if you have, you know, 15 little drummers back there, they've all got something to do. And it's not just a bass drum going womp, womp, womp. I mean, they've all got something that they have to really work at. So, you know, sometimes kids will get discouraged because they're always on bells or they're always on bass drum, but at least now they've got something that's interesting. Um, I had a, uh, one of my pieces, Cataclysm of the Cosmos uses a gong and it's only in there maybe three times, you know, there is such a thing as too much gong, who knew? Um, There may only be three or four notes. But I was looking at a YouTube video of of the recording and this little feller got on there and he says, I am so excited to play this. I play the gong and it sounds great. And you know <laughs> that when kids are looking up your pieces on YouTube, yeah. you comment on the part that they play. You did you did something that's at least memorable for them. And I'm hoping that I've kept them as a, a as a bandy all the way through school.
1: Mm-hmm. I love your sound effects and you're, you're not above putting you know, crazy sound effects and making it fun, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. There's always room for a bird call or a hand clap or a break drum. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now I would love to, well, you know, for my entrepreneurs that listen and anyone really who wants to have a creative project, what would be the first, like I'm thinking of the, the start of a new composition you know how, how do you, how does it come or do you have an example of you know is it something like a spark that hits you first or is it emotional feeling that starts it and then everything comes around it or what's the kernel of that idea
0: well um for me personally me personally <laughs> i will have months where i can't think of a thing and i will think to myself my word is something ever going to strike And then one day I may hear a lick of music from a show or on the radio and I'll be like, oh, wow, I wonder if I add this and this and this, and it will come to me. I could be in the shower, I could be in the car, and it will just hit me and I can write like three pieces, like boom, boom, boom. Um, I I like to say that it's more organic than that, that, that I just sit down and go, okay, I'm gonna write a grade two piece and we're gonna focus on this educational element. It usually does not work that way for me. Um, I know for some people it does. Um, Some of the uh, educational uh, publishing houses for, I'm gonna say CL Barnhouse, for example, they're really big on making sure that you have some sort of concept that you're trying to teach the kids. It's not necessarily that you're trying to write the next grade five wonder. Um, They wanna see you say, perhaps you're working on dissonance, perhaps you're working on triplets. and and for some people they can sit down and say well here's my piece i'm going to use this and this but for me it 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 just comes to me in my head
1: (laughs) like what comes to you the idea of it yeah
0: like i i'll i'll have the idea and i can kind of flush it out in my head i don't necessarily know what instrument's going to get what that kind of happens when i start writing it down but it's just a matter of i'll get i'll get a melody in my head of some kind and then as i'm thinking about it i can somehow i i just hear that baseline and i'm like okay let's put that in see how it goes and usually it turns out well sometimes not so much but i i'd like to say that you know i have a more educated i guess way of doing it but for me it's just i hear it
1: mm, okay do you what is your process for managing a lot of different creative projects at once
0: <laughs> that's a great question because i do <laughs> um <laughs> For me, uh, I'll be writing on one piece and and I'll have the idea kind of sketched out and then I'll, I may hit a roadblock of some kind. Like, I don't know how I'm going to modulate to a different key, for example. How am I going to get it there? And I will literally close the program and I will start working on something else. I don't care if I'm just scoring, you know, come to Jesus in whole notes, but I have to do something different. Yeah. And so oftentimes I have five or six different pieces that are going at the same time. I'll get not exactly tired of one, but I'll get frustrated or something. I'll leave that and I'll come back to it later and I'll go on to a different piece. I'm working on a piece right now that I actually started four years ago and Mm -hmm. I couldn't get it to gel the way I wanted. And I had a, uh, a, a little recording of it that I had uploaded. And I was listening to it in the car, and I said, like, "Oh my word, this sounds terrible." What, you know? But I should have done this, 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 and it just kind of inspired me. So this morning, I've been, I've been working on that. So some of the pieces that actually get published on any calendar year, I could have been working on for three or four years. It just took me mm-hmm. that long to, to put it together in a way that I liked.
1: Right, and probably a lot of your projects are at different stages within their completion. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, well, I've got pieces. Yeah, I have pieces that I uh, I just need to add the dynamics to. I've got some that I need to, you know, change out the parts a little bit. Maybe the baritone ought to have this instead of the horn, for example. Um, I'm looking at at, uh, at at ranges and things like that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, they're all at different stages.
1: Right. And do you find you really have to kind of follow a um, like a sequence of those projects? You know, first you need to, like the spark of the idea, and then you need to start gathering those ideas, and th- that's just something I, I've put together as kind of a project, a creative project management system for myself. You know, starting sure. with that spark of the idea, and then the gathering all the resources, then the like the structure stage where you're really thinking of the the brass tacks of it all, and then you know the action stage, and then moving on to the refining stage, and then the completion. Do you find that you go through a sequence, or is it all mixed?
0: Um, a lot of times I, I do kind of like, like, as you described, I'll have a sequence of steps that I go through. I'll, I'll put out the, the basic sketch of it. Then I'll add the harmonies and, and, and then I'll add the, uh, the dynamics and the different articulations I want. I have had sometimes, um, one of my pieces, Jumbo Rafiki, which came out in, I want to say 2017, 2018, one of those years. I just sat down and wrote it. It took me about two hours and I was like, this is, this is how it's going to go. This is what I'm going to put in. I, I put it all in and I write everything out by hand. I mean, well, no, I don't. That's not what I mean. I, I don't write with a pen and pencil. I use finale, but I don't have like garage band. I don't have any MIDI programs or anything. It's all in my head. Mm-hmm. And I, and I put it down that way. Um, and I just get it. But that was one, that was one of the few times that's happened. It's just inspiration struck. I said, this is exactly how it's going to go. And I blocked off about four hours and put that together.
1: Hmm. Are you a journaler?
0: Um, well, I, I, I use, I used to post on Facebook quite a bit. That's probably my, the extent of my journaling.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm always just curious. Uh, Um, I wanted to switch gears a little too, because I know, you know, with your, now you're studying to be a funeral director, right? Yes. Now, I think being a, you know, someone passionate about music, maybe I'll be able to have this little conversation with you. I'm curious, because I've, I've felt in the years sometimes that a funeral can actually be very beautiful. Like, of course, you know, we have the sad part, but I'm interested in how a, a musician and a composer you know how does that come about in in planning the, you know and serving the family and planning the the funeral in terms of your core of being able to have that um, emotive and emotional side to you of the music. You know how does that relate to the funeral directing?
0: well, i I think it I think the knowledge of music and the structure of music um, and the different styles of music lends itself very well to funeral directing. You get a point when, when people are coming in and it's it's solemn by and large. I mean, depends on the family. It's going to be solemn. It builds as people are talking about their loved one. Uh, you add the music in and sometimes the families really don't know what the person wanted. So they will say to you, well, he liked country music or he liked gospel or he liked <laughs> heavy metal. <laughs> and, and you look for pieces that you can use um, uh, we have different arrangements with different companies where we can use their music for a small amount of money uh, each time. It's like licensing fees that we can use. And we have a really large um, bank of songs that we can go with. And I like to learn more about the decedent and find out what made him or her tick. And I try to find songs that will encompass what I feel and what the family feels that that person was like. And it really lends um, a personalization. those services but in the composition of music it also gives you a structure for how this is going to go so you don't have all of the emotion right at the beginning and then the rest of it is kind of dull Hmm. you know but you put it together so that when you leave when you're when you're doing the recessional it's almost like you know it's over and for the families I mean it's never over for them but it's like you have had the chance to grieve, you have had the chance to say goodbye, you can lay your loved one to rest knowing that you gave them the best possible send-off that you could, and you can feel comfortable and happy with that.
1: Yeah, I've always found to be a little bit intrigued with that, uh, the, the wave of emotion that you go through, and sometimes it's very light, and you're, you know, you might just be seeing relatives you haven't seen in a long time, so it's kind of joyous in that way and then it gets deeper and then you know you get to the church and it shifts again and then you get to the the cemetery and it really, you know, gets serious, you know, and so have you found that to be true as well.
0: Uh, Yes, Uh, my experience admittedly is limited I'm in my third semester. Um, I have had several hours at the funeral home and I've seen um, a few services, a lot of the services that we do actually are Buddhist in nature. So I don't always get the chance to pick the music because sometimes uh, the monks will do a lot of chanting, but, and, and they're chanting in um, Cambodian or Laotian or Vietnamese. So I don't always understand what they're saying, but there is definitely an ebb and a flow to the service. Um, I know that when it comes time for the cremation, uh, for example, those families, uh, the Buddhist families, They don't just leave and let the cremation take place. They follow the casket up to the crematory. Um, They help with the insertion of their loved one into the crematory and they press the button to start the process. When they do that, the uh, Buddhist monks will start chanting even louder and they have shakers that they will shake. Uh, to help send that loved one on their way so it's a very it's a very spiritual very moving moment when they do that but Mm. they they all the family will kneel and they will bow their heads they have a picture of their loved one and with the shaking the rattling and the chanting it's very very loud and it's to send that loved one off to that better place and you can definitely tell that the music makes a ton of difference
1: Mm. it's beautiful right
0: it it certainly is it it very much is um you know and that happens with funerals that aren't necessarily buddhist as well i mean a lot of families will come in knowing what they want for music and you can work that in and sometimes families don't necessarily know and in those ways it's almost easier because you can program the music in places where you think it's going to make the most impact
1: Mm -hmm. so it's almost
0: like you're composing a piece even though it's a funeral
1: Well, this has been very fascinating. Uh, My final question, Amy, is uh, what's one action our listeners can take to be more creative? Something that you can do to be
0: more creative, I think, is to listen to music of different genres. I can't stress that enough. Um, My husband, for example, very interested in classical music, and that's wonderful But every so often, you got to sprinkle in a little bit of guar, a little bit of insane clown posse, and maybe some, uh, you know, Tanya Tucker. I mean, all different types of music, because if you just pigeonhole yourself into one type of music and you look at other types of music and kind of thumb your nose at, go, oh, no, I'm never going to gain anything or glean anything from that, you are setting yourself up to be very pigeonhole in what you're doing and it's going to stifle your creativity allow yourself to try things allow yourself to you know give the trombones the part you've always wanted to give them you can always fix it later on but just see what it sounds like experiment a little bit
1: wow well this will be like the 102nd or 103rd episode of this podcast and i can say for sure this is the first guar reference
0: I, I told my husband, he loves listening to Kansas public radio. He he uh, contributes to them a lot. And I told him, I said, if I ever win the lottery, when the next time they do one of those phone-in things where they're trying to get funds, I will go up to them with a suitcase full of money and say, there's a hundred grand in this suitcase. You play a 15-minute retrospective of guar, and it is yours.
1: <laughs> and they do it, right?
0: Well, I would hope so, but you know, I mean, there's, there's a, uh, there's merit in everything, whether or not you agree with the lyrics or, or the, the, uh, opinions of the band or whatever that music's out there and those people are successful for a reason.
1: Well said. Thank you so much, Amy, for being on the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Hopefully you've learned something to help you become more joyful, productive, and fulfilled. So let's keep that momentum going. Text or email me to schedule a free consult call to get you moving in the right direction. By the end of this session, you'll have a complete list of all the hats that you wear, and we'll probably uncover a few important hats that you should be wearing, but you're not. You're meant to do great things. Contact me to take the first step. Text 774 230 three, two, or email me Scott Snow 1234 at gmail.com Do it now.